Wanda created life. Detective Wu finally learned close-up magic. Darcy Lewis went from political science to PhD in astrophysics. We talk about episodes three and four of WandaVision and all of our subverted expectations on episode 21 of Krypton to Alderaan. to Krypton to Alderaan, the podcast that is a pathway to abilities many consider to be unnatural. <laughs> this week, as every week, I'm Joey, and with me is Royce. Hello, podcast. Robin. Hello. And Lorelai. Hello. And with our powers combined, we are the podcast that talks about all kinds of nerdy pop culture stuff, but it's mostly Bernie Sanders memes. <laughs> Pause for laughter. <laughs> Hey, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at Krypton Alderon, or shoot us an email, pew, 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 at kryptontoalderon at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from everybody, and it would also really help if you left us a review or reached out wherever you're listening from, and it would also really help out if you subscribed and also maybe told some friends. And there, I've covered it all. Listen, review, subscribe. If they tell two friends... And those two friends tell two friends. Pretty soon we'll rule the world. The power of Krypton to Alderaan is insignificant next to the power of the <laughs> dark side of the force. Or however that quote goes, I didn't research it like I do all the other quotes I use in the beginning of this podcast. Before we get into today's topic, because I would like to delay talking about WandaVision as much as possible, let's work in our segment, one of my favorites that I like to call Casual catch-up, no pressure, just speak from your heart. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with Lorelai. What have you Ooh. been, what you been up to? What have, what have we done? What have we done? So we just finished a weekend of a birthday film festival that our friends Teresa and Clara organized. Multiple films. Virtually. Virtually. Uh, with people in four different time zones. But it was really fun. We watched the movies and had like Zoom chat open so we could talk about them while they were happening and then like had a little discussion afterwards. And it was a good time. This morning it wrapped up with a classic, an 80s classic, Mystic Pizza. Highly recommend. But other <laughs> films were this year, a couple of this year's Oscar contenders. Yeah. So that was fun. It was pretty fun. Yeah. I've heard of Zoom parties, but not like zoom movie nights that's a good idea though yeah it was really fun i think if now all of the streaming services have like watch with your friends features which they we didn't use for this because i think there are just too many people man if i could watch wandavision with people that would be way more entertaining i'm using air quotes by the way podcast listeners <laughs> i would i would not disney plus does have the like watch with friends feature and i would never ever use it <laughs> Especially, you don't want to watch it with especially us? with this group watching <laughs> WandaVision. Okay, what do you got, Robin? Uh, pass. All right, I know what wow. Robin's. All right. Well, no, I don't know what you're gonna do this week, but I'll do one that's jointly for us, and you can join in because I know that you'll you'll want to. So, uh, our favorite Netflix series, Blown Away. It's not about planets. It's about <laughs> blowing glass. Oh, yeah, I saw oh, that. Oh, right. Yeah. 
It's like a Great British Bake Off, but American in for glass blowing. Oh, there's there's also people from other nations, right? Yeah. So the first season, I think, was all Americans. And this season, they have people from Australia. And I think they have someone from England and someone else from, like, Ireland or something like that. So it's international, which is pretty entertaining. But there's, like, mostly Americans and then, like, three or four people from other countries out of, like, 12 people or whatever it is. It's a good dynamic. Instead of everybody having the same accent and being like, they sound smarter than me. Like, there's a couple, you know, relatable people. Like with the American accent, you like, <laughs> you know, that oh they're God. just as stupid as you. <laughs> but anyway, it's a really great show. Like if you like the the cooking competitions or whatever, like it's similar, but I like it because it's just a craft of like making something that's much more subjective than like you made this food taste good, which I suppose could be subjective, but in more of an artistic sense that they're making a bong or a whatever. It's also much more entertaining because instead of like, oh, shit, your cake fell, you're like, oh, man, you spent all day on that glass and it just shattered on the floor. Wow. (laughs) That's exactly what I don't like about American competition shows. (laughs) That's the most entertaining part, though, because they'll spend literally all day and they're like, all right, I'm done. I'm ready to take it off the rod I've been using. And then they clip it and then it smashes on the floor and they're like, plan B, something much smaller that I can do in the next 20 minutes. So my project is what I like to call glass shards. And they're like, you didn't really intend Someone it to did be glass. Do that. Yeah, but <laughs> it's a little, that's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to, going forward, I'm just going to turn this segment into, hey, Robin, what happened this week on 2020? That's, per- <laughs> that's perfect. I'm fine with that. <laughs> this week's 2020 was scary. It was. I mean, they're all scary. Well, <laughs> Anyway, so just a brief catch up on that. This Uh week's 2020, the guy murdered his wife while he was sleepwalking, or so he claimed. The Uh neighbors, like, saw him basically murder his wife and drown her in the pool. And then he basically was like, next thing I knew, I was waking up and there were cops in my house. And he's still in jail. But his defense for the past, like, 25 years has been like, I was sleepwalking. I would never kill my wife. Well, he feels bad about it, but he doesn't remember doing it. It's real sad and scary. And then you got to go to bed after that. And it's like 11 p.m. Yeah. And you got to hope that you don't murder your spouse while you're sleepwalking. Yeah, that'd be nice. (laughs) So far, so good. All right. Well, keep us posted on that. Anyway, what bright sunshine news do you got to share with us, Joe? Speaking of bright and sunshine, I have read everything that has come out so far for the High Republic. And I don't, it's just incredibly good. It's every, there's, there's so far, there's two books released and one and the first, um, uh, the first comic book. And they're all very good. The storytelling's very good. Um, It just seems to be, in my opinion, everything I want from Star Wars as a fan. And I'm hoping that a lot of other people relate to that as they're consuming that content because I think they're doing a really good job and they're taking Star Wars in a new direction and and the characters are phenomenal the storytelling's phenomenal the use of the force is incredible like each Jedi sees the force in their own unique way like one character hears it as a song and the other one views it as an ocean and the other one views it as like a light within himself that he can make dimmer or brighter depending on what he needs to do it's really really good Highly recommend. I'll wait for the movie to come out. Well, they're going to, I mean, who knows if they'll do that. But there is a show. We'll talk about it at some point. There is a Disney Plus show on the 
roster for it. But man, the books are really good. Seasoned Star Wars writers producing the books. So on a scale of one to 10, how many uh, baby Yodas would you give High Republic? Uh, I would give it, honestly, I would give it 10 out of 10, but on on many levels, like it's what I want to see from Star Wars. It's creating and talking about great characters and it's using the force in a way that you can be like, yeah, they're using the force. It's not like watching one of the, especially like sequel trilogy movies where you're like, why wouldn't they just use the force? They're like using the force and doing good in the galaxy. And also it's got Yoda in it. So there's that. And he's like grown up Yoda. Middle-aged Yoda? Middle-aged Yoda. Uh, yeah, middle, like, late. I don't know. Anyway. Um, what about Kong ver- Godzilla versus Kong? You guys watched the trailer for Godzilla versus Kong? I've seen the commercials, but that's about it. Yeah, I'm excited. You guys want to talk about that instead? I don't think it's Godzilla. What do you guys think? You guys think it's Godzilla? I don't think it's Godzilla. Why right, Godzilla beat up Kong? All right, we'll just get into it. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about uh, episodes three and four of WandaVision. So episode three, we're getting into like the 70s era Brady Bunch sitcom. Some things I thought were neat about the episode. I'm just going to start with that and so that someone else might be able to be like, yeah, that was neat. Uh, some things I thought were neat. The doctor comes in, the horrible, rude, sexist doctor comes in and he's like, we talk about pregnancy and stages of the size of fruit so that women can understand anyway whatever um but then like throughout the episode those fruits are shown as her pregnancy progresses i thought that was pretty neat like she's got a papaya and she's cutting up a pineapple and all that stuff and reality this is well we'll talk about it more next for the next episode but reality really starts to break down with wanda creating life like She's creating these children and because her, I don't know if it's because of her power being focused on that or her attention being focused on that, her reality seems to start reacting to that. And reality also seems to start sort of her reality is breaking down because of that, which I thought was really interesting. What did everyone else think of this episode of the show? Lorelai? Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit more on board with this episode, I think. Um, just because it's, like, so much more obvious that, like, weird stuff is happening. Like, the all of her neighbors, like, hanging out together. And the one is, like, just hedge trimming through the wall, um, which is weird. And never explained. Um, yeah, never well, explained. I, it is explained because he's part of this reality that's, like, breaking down while Wanda's preoccupied with creating children for her envision. Yeah. So it's kind of like messing with everything and everyone. And so he cuts into the concrete with his hedge yeah. trimmers. And I thought the sort of the premise that while she's pregnant and she's kind of like losing control of her powers and like when her water breaks and it starts like pouring down rain everywhere was sort of like classic sitcom humor that everyone else is just like, oh, my whatever is flooded. And, and it was just kind of funny. Yeah. How about you two over on the other side of the country? What did you think, Robin? I think had episode three been the first episode, I would have been really on board because it starts getting much more interesting towards the end of the episode, especially like the very, very end. It finally starts to get interesting. Even if they hadn't done like the Brady Bunch in episode one, they could have still done like the 50s sitcom and then ended it the same way where they're like ejecting people. 
I would have been much more on board. And then had they done like what was episode four as like episode two, I would have been like, this show's awesome. <laughs> but they spent too much time getting to it. And even I think episode three had a little bit too much like sitcom element to it. Had they cut that a little bit shorter and then like cut to the chase with like everything that's in episode four, I would have been very, very excited. So I definitely thought it was more interesting. It's it's getting more interesting. I'm hoping they don't kick back into the sitcoms too hard because I'm finally starting to like enjoy it, I think. Yeah, they're revealing more stuff. So it's in general more interesting to watch. The tricky thing is, is like they had to have those first two episodes be slow so that they could actually like go back and analyze them in that fourth episode. So like you have, I don't see a way that we could like skip the first two episodes now the way that everything's unfolding. But I agree with you that I wish the first two episodes were just these second two set of episodes where like at the end of episode one, we said, or at least I said, you'd want a baby Yoda. I think it's really compelling when they finally kick that lady out of Nowheresville Eastview or whatever the t- town is. Westview. <clears throat> Westview. Yeah. When they eject her, you're like, all right, they're in a bubble. I get it. And that would have been the perfect payoff for the first episode. And they could have made the first episode like a whole hour, but interjecting those moments of like reality breaking down because we already knew that was the case. You were just waiting for everything to snap. It was a slow burn. It finally got there. But uh, I'm still not really super into it. Like at the end of that third episode, you're like, finally, okay. After three episodes, we were talking about being a movie, hour and a half already. And then I don't know if you want to get into episode four right away, but episode four is like totally different, obviously. But I agree with you, Robin. Push these a little bit quicker in the timeline. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've been following a lot it a lot online, obviously. And there's so many people that are on your side about it. <laughs> like, that think it should be moving faster and maybe they should have dropped more hints early on. I'm not too many. I'm not too sure how many people are on my side from what I'm seeing, but I really enjoyed whatever. (laughs) I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. I like the sitcom elements when they're like when the rain is falling and when she starts having contractions and vision floats up and she has to do the breathing to get him back down. I just thought it was a really fun episode mixed with, again, that sort of sinister face or the sinister backdrop of, like, the neighbor cutting into the concrete and all this stuff we've talked about. But I guess we should just get into episode four. I think there's the most to talk about there. And there's they're getting away, from what I can tell, they're getting away from Easter eggs. Like, the first two episodes were chock full of, like, mystery and Easter eggs. And uh, they seem to be moving away from that as the episodes progress and making it more sort of a, a literal mystery instead of something I guess we're supposed to try to figure out. But so very little Easter eggs. I thought that Geraldine's necklace was going to be one, but then they explained it at the end of the episode. It's it was obviously the sword symbol she she had a necklace of. And at the end, Wanda points it out. She's like, what is that symbol? And then she kicks Monica Rambo out, which we'll see next episode. So let's talk about episode four, where things like everyone has said, finally, Some questions start to get answered, the mystery starts to get revealed, and we get introduced to some characters we know already who I haven't really liked in the movies, but really liked in this episode and hope they continue to be, like, fun characters that I enjoy, like Wu, Detective Wu, and Darcy from Thor. 
let me do this the same way. Some things I thought that were neat about this episode. The undoing of the blip, I thought was really cool. Really cool visual that we haven't seen yet. It's obviously very traumatic and devastating to wake up somewhere thinking you were asleep for five minutes and you've been gone for five years. And it brings back all the questions I think a lot of people had after Endgame, which is like, what happened to people that were on airplanes and stuff? <laughs> were they, did they reappear in the airplanes or did they reappear somewhere in the sky? <laughs> anyway, it's obviously very chaotic and crazy, but I thought that was really cool to see. Uh, we finally learn, officially learn that Geraldine is Monica Rambeau and her mother was Maria Rambeau from Captain Marvel. One thing I think is really cool is that we find out that in this canon, Maria Rambeau co-founds or founds or co-founds S.W.O.R.D. And I think that's a really cool thing. Now we have two badass women in the MCU that founded these organizations, like Peggy Carter founded or co-founded S.H.I.E.L.D. and Maria Rambeau co-founded S.W.O.R.D. I think that's really cool because they're both really great characters. And I, like I said, I like the introductions of Darcy and Wu. And we finally start to get some answers. So I guess this being the episode that I think is what, from what I heard last time we recorded, what everyone wanted to see. How did, I think we heard a little bit from you, Royce, already, but did this make you so much more interested in the show, Robin? Yeah, this episode four, I wish I had gotten more of in again, in the first, like, one or two episodes because it was so interesting. I did like seeing everybody coming back and being, like, super, super confused because, like you said, that kind of answered some of the questions from Endgame. So I thought that was really cool. And then I liked... I'm not a huge fan of Darcy, but I do like um, Agent Wu because I like him and other stuff he's done. I think he's super funny. So I really like that they're using him for this. I thought that was pretty interesting. I I think that's all my thoughts at the moment (laughs) (laughs) i will say what the thing i like most about Wu. well i really liked him in this episode but he adds such a such levity and lightness and humor to this situation that like the sitcom is wanda's vision and it is on its face levity and humor but there's obviously something so sinister and sort of in for me, icky feeling going on. So it's so different. And then Wu comes in in the real world and he's adding this night lightness and levity. And it's sort of a neat juxtaposition and I think correlates the two together that make it really fun. What did you think, Lorelai? Yeah, I really liked this episode. I think I agree that it would have been nice to have a little bit, like even just a tiny bit more of this earlier on in the first two episodes. But it now after this fourth episode it feels like a marvel show it's like oh this is a this is we're in the marvel universe we know where we are now we know these characters like it feels a little bit more like what we all or i don't know maybe not you joey but what maybe the rest of us thought this show was going to be so it's nice to have a little bit more of an explanation for what's going on and to like understand that there's like a whole other story going on in the real world um, that we haven't gotten to see yet. Yeah, I think it's really interesting with episode four using it as that key, because if you go back and you look, it's almost like we're not supposed to be watching this show as an audience at home. We're supposed to be watching it as sword agents. And I think that that's really solidified by both Darcy getting all the TVs and Wu writing on the whiteboard all the questions that 
everyone who's watching the show has. Like, he's writing down the audience's questions, like, how is Vision still alive? Uh, what's with the hexagon symbol? Why sitcoms? You know, all the questions that we have as an audience, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. And in the first episode, there's that, like, one glimpse at the very end where now it makes sense. It's like you're Darcy sitting at her desk right. looking at the TV and there's, like, stuff going on. Um yeah, it was so. also really fun to see her and Wu being the audience and her being like, what, I'm invested when they're watching the show <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Royce? The thing I liked most about this episode was the fact that, like, it was in widescreen and, like, HD. <laughs> There's something really comforting about that, especially you're talking about juxtaposition, like the 50s, 60s, 70s, like, era stuff. They did a great job making it feel old school and, like, true to those production eras and like parodying those shows but there's something about that that also like loses my attention literally when it was like panning out to widescreen i was like thank fucking god like this is going to be a normal scene of a show from 2021 like there's just something about that i really appreciated and then you knew that that episode was going to be more traditional marvel show like you're saying lorelei like oh it's a regular sci-fi you know action drama whatever and I really like that they are watching on the TVs. Like, obviously, they explain that one scene, but it's really cool to have things revealed to them at the same time it's revealed to you rather than having everything, like, so confused. Him coming up with, like, all the questions, oh, that would have been awesome if he was doing it while we were asking those questions, too. Like, as soon as you're like, wait, I'm wondering this, if they could play those two worlds against each other. Uh, but that's really, like, the whole crowning jewel of this show is the way they formatted it. We had to watch those two older era episodes to even be able to watch like them uncovering things in real time. I don't know how you would ever do it any differently. You had to wait, but it was super cool to start with that blip thing. You're like intrigued and now they're watching it. So maybe the episodes going further, we will have more things just revealed in their command center, which I like. I think that is cool. That's more like being on the island at Lost and then you're off the island and <laughs> everything is parallel rather than this like linear thing, which they're experiencing it parallel. The things that are happening in Wandaville, they're watching it in like real time or they're recording it. But we had to, you know, go back in time and watch an episode that already happened. And you asked all those questions, you had to wait. I don't know. I'm just going to keep complaining about it. But it's a really, they're brave for trying to do this format because they're going to, tick somebody off and they're going to make somebody really happy. I think it's like probably the most experimental thing I've ever seen other than like 24 or lost, like messing with how you are having the story revealed. It's definitely different than what you're used to. Yeah. It's a tremendous experiment. And I think that that in itself is like respectful and so much fun and that, that they chose to do it this way is incredible. You know, obviously we still have a lot of questions and so does Wu. And I think that's also really fun. Why sitcoms? How are they, how, how is she producing the sitcoms? Like it's just a bubble of cosmic radiation that somehow it's, I don't think those things are ever going to get answered. You have to forget about the whole sitcom thing. I would guess in two episodes, it's not going to be WandaVision anymore. Or maybe I'm totally wrong and they're going to keep like sur surprising us. And uh, what's the word I'm looking for that everyone talked about with Last Jedi? It's going to subvert expectations, you know? It's like, <laughs> this is not going to go the way you think. Maybe it will still be like the show that they're viewing, 
But I don't see how you keep that up because, like you said, it's like, are you real or are you a TV broadcast? What? I'm confused. Yeah. Well, by the end of episode four, I think we get a glimpse at how devastating it will be when it ends. I'm not for the audience, but for Wanda. At the end of the fourth episode, it transitions back from like the sword base outside of Westview to inside of Westview and Wanda's sitcom. We see her throw Geraldine through the cosmic radiation bubble. And then Vision comes back in, right? And they have their conversation. And you get a glimpse of Vision starting to understand or starting to feel more like something's wrong. And he's like, we could leave. And Wanda's like, no, this is our home now. And you see it in his face that he knows something wrong. And she's like, well, what do we watch now? And it's a little bit of like Wanda's psychosis with Vision's realization that something's wrong. And at that moment, watching that, I was like, this is going to be incredibly sad at the end of this. I think we're about halfway through the series at this point. um, And just the idea of Wanda coming to terms with this reality not being a long-term option. I think mm. will be devastating at the end of it. So you, after the first and second episodes, you thought that the point of the show was that they were rebuilding the Mind Stone or like trying to bring Vision back to life. Mm-hmm. Have you abandoned that idea? I don't know. And that's really, was was anyone else like, it, it almost turned into a horror movie at the end of episode four where she looks at Vision and he's black and white with the hole in his head from where Thanos ripped out the stone. And then she gets all, like, her face and mood changes, and she's like, what do we watch now? And it's almost like a horror TV show. And I'm hoping that it's her trying to bring Vision back to life. And it seems that way because he's starting to become more aware of what's going on. Like, there's a scene earlier in one of these episodes where he's like, something's very wrong here, and Wanda rewinds reality again, and he doesn't say that. But he's starting to become more aware, which makes me realize it can't just be in her head. He has to be real to some extent. So I hope that that's happening, but either way, being ripped from that reality, I think will be devastating to Wanda. And as someone who's liked the show from the beginning... I hope the rest of you will come to like the show as it goes on, but I feel like it will be devastating to me as well, which I think makes for good television. It's very dramatic. I think they're doing a good job. I really like it. That's my review. Does anyone have any specific moments or or anything like that in any of the episodes that they thought was good or bad or too much or this is cool that they did this or I wish they didn't do this besides like the first two episodes, I guess, Robin? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I liked that we got to see what the deal with the beekeeper was coming out of the sewer. Right. I because that in, was really interesting. Yeah. Cause in the, was that the first episode and he comes out and he's like very ominous and you're like creepy beekeeper, bad guy. And then you realize it's just like someone from sword from the outside who crawled through the sewers, who got transported into a beekeeper suit for some reason. Um, and then I like when they reel back his cord, it's a jump rope. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, pretty neat. Little things like that I thought were pretty neat. I liked all the moments where they were like finally connecting the dots for you, even though it happened very quickly and almost kind of like spoon feedingly. Like it almost was like fan service. If you watch the first two episodes, you know, you're like, oh, there's the thing. And you're like, no, duh, there's the thing. Uh, One thing I 
actually really didn't like. Now I'm remembering. As they're like connecting all the dots and you're like, oh, okay, that happened and that happened. The drone happened and whatever. When, what's the lady that gets ejected? What's her name? Geraldine. Monica Rambo or Geraldine. Okay, well, that character, uh, yeah. when she's ejected and they meet up with her and she's like, it's Wanda, it's all Wanda. Like, as a viewer, yeah, we know. It's called WandaVision. We've been watching it the whole time. It just felt so stupid to me that like, oh my God, everybody, it's Wanda. Everyone watching knows. Yeah. Nobody there knew, but it wasn't like that reveal was not a reveal to me. Well, I don't think it was supposed to be a reveal to the audience. It was definitely supposed to be her like reporting back from her mission. Like, by the way, this is all Wanda. I, I get it. But that's my issue with the show is they suck at revealing things. It's it's never a satisfying payoff. And I'm I apologize to be such a hater, but that's why we watch TV shows is because I want them to draw me in, get my attention and reward me for my attention. <sighs> and instead, I'm enslaved to watch to see what happens because they're just not telling me what's happening. But then you get moments like that where you're like, it's Wanda. Oh, it is. What do you know? It's Wanda. Well, man, brutal, brutal takes. But I do. I think that that makes sense to the plot of the show and sword needing recon. Like they're a they're a tactical espionage recon organization. She pops back out and no one knows what's going on. No one knows why it's going on. And she comes back and. Weren't they watching them. the TVs at that point, though? Yeah, but they don't know that it's Wanda, that it's all her. And so I think that that is just a setup for them to be able to move forward with whatever is going to happen next. I don't think that's true. They were talking it's to her. It's part of like the debrief. They were talking to her on the radio, though, and they were like, Wanda, who's doing this to you? That's before that character gets yeah. ejected. But yeah, but she says... Is, that but, part is interesting, though, because... Wanda like edits the TV show that they see in a way that isn't edited for us as the audience. So like in that scene, it was actually kind of weird because it's like they watch that part of the episode and it like skips over the radio section and they're like, oh, shoot, that didn't work. Right. So they like they don't know that they got through to Wanda. Mm -hmm. They still think like, oh, yeah, this is something that's yeah. happening to her. That's so there's like a few. Yeah, there's like a few little parts where. They like the, Wanda skips that Wanda skips stuff for them, yeah. but we still get to see it somehow. But hmm. they don't know that it's Wanda. And in fact, like on that whiteboard where Wu is writing stuff down, they're trying to figure out who's responsible. Like that's one of the categories. And he's written like scrolls or extraterrestrials and stuff like that. So I think Monica slash Geraldine popping out of the bubble is all part of like the debrief being, hey, it's Wanda. Let's figure out what to do next. This is this is the threat that we have to address specifically. What's Wanda's kryptonite? <laughs> Vision, I guess. And maybe now these babies, which yeah. are apparently a real thing, right? That's like another thing that if you've read the comic books, you know that Wanda and Vision have twin boys, but... Right, and in the comics, it turns out that they're not real either. Oh, they aren't? Okay. But that's another... <laughs> That's another devastating part is that all Wanda wants is to find somewhere to fit in. And every single episode she has said that, and that will be taken away by the end of the series. You're really emotionally invested. Wasn't one of the questions that you originally asked, like, do we care about these characters? 
That's a really great point and probably will be so great to discuss when the show is over. But they have made me emotionally invested in this character that I did not really care about. I think I said she's more interesting to me as the movies progress. And I think they start paying more. They start giving her character. They start making her character better. And I really liked her in uh, Infinity War and Endgame. But this is a whole new level. This is people who are saying, hey, this character is important in comics and comic book history. We're making the show specifically about her. So we need to get people on board because we haven't done that yet. And they've got me hooked. I think the real problem here, the three of you and also audience, is that obviously the three of you are backed by DC. (laughs) I think that much is clear. You're all WandaVision haters. Royce wants to watch the DC Universe movies. I wouldn't say If you cut me a check, I'll say I don't like it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Everyone out there listening, please. Uh, What were you going to say? I was going to say I wouldn't say that we're haters. I feel like I'm much more on board after watching these episodes, I can't speak for the rest of us, but I feel like as we all predicted, oh, in a few episodes, once we know a little bit more, we're going to be a little bit more interested, which I think is true for me at least. Yeah, I think it'll be really cool to see where Wanda's, now we have two stories, where Wanda's stories go and where Sword goes from here. Although to be honest, I don't really care about Wanda's story in the sitcom all that much, but oh, I'm man. more That's invested, the whole show. I'm like more invested in the Sword outside the Wanda Vision bubble story now. That's the saving grace of the show is that now we can have an A plot in a B plot. Before it yeah. was just sitcom world and that's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. So it's nice to have something else to flesh out the universe. Which, like, that's a good thing for the show, Joe. I don't mean to, like, bash on the whole show. Having the outer world and the inner world, like, it's on the island and off of the island. Why are you laughing at me? Stop talking about Lost. (laughs) (laughs) It's a show that I had problems with, but the format worked. And that's the thing with WandaVision. So they're finally, and, and first of all, they're changing the format every show also, which is obnoxious. Like oh, I think it's favorite, so fun and so smart. Go ahead. Your favorite Sorry. band puts out an album, and then the next album is a different genre, and you're like, oh, you guys are deep now? Where's the stuff I liked before? It's it's another kind of flaw with the way that they're designing the show. You might like it, you might not. We all have different opinions. It's great. What I will say, though, is, like music, a lot of my favorite songs or favorite albums I don't like at first, and then they grow on you over time, and you can appreciate them more as you actually like seep them into your being. And I've never had that with a TV show that I've been like, I don't appreciate this show. It sucks. And then later you're like, oh, you know what? It was genius. Last Jedi did subvert expectations. It <laughs> doesn't often happen with like filmography, I feel to me, but all the time with music, I'll be like, I don't like this song. And you're like, no, listen to what he's talking about. It <laughs> takes a minute. For Robin me. pushed Royce away, everyone. <laughs> Robin is not having any of my shit right now or ever. <laughs> well, I just, I'm thinking about Fallout Boy now that you've been talking. Yeah, I think there's a lot of correlations you can make. But this would be awesome if it was the first TV show where once it ended, you had to go back, like we were saying, with like Inception or whatever. And then the second time through, you're like, you know what? They were genius and I was an asshole. And I would love to be proven wrong, but... It's still a weird format going through. 
that don't like that they're now deep on their follow-up sophomore album, Sophomore Slump. You know what? I think if we're comparing this to music, we should compare it to Taylor Swift. (laughs) Her albums have a very dynamic range. (laughs) Every album if you if you correlate yeah, every album is a different sort of genre. And so every episode of WandaVision is a different uh, decade. And you know what? It's all good. Maybe it's not albums, though. It's it's one album with different songs on it. It's not necessarily different albums. A greatest like one hits, season. you might say. That's called a greatest hits. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I disagree. I've got them on the ropes. <laughs> I think I disagree a little bit in that I think the the concept is really cool, but somehow the execution isn't quite landing. We're mm-hmm. like. I think the idea of switching the sitcoms for each episode is kind of fun and it does like subvert expectations. But for some reason, I found the like not knowing what was going on. I found that more annoying than I liked the show. (laughs) So like you have to balance Mm -hmm. those two things and maybe the balance was just a little bit off. I still think like these people make really good movies and they know the audience really well at this point. And they just maybe like misjudged a little bit in terms of like how the audience will feel about not actually knowing what's going on. But I think the idea is cool. Just like, I don't know. I think once the season's over, we're all going to be like, oh, yeah, it was good. It was great. It's all going to be clear in retrospect, for sure. Yeah. Or at least easier to judge it. Like piecemeal, all you can, all I can do in piecemeal is judge it because you're like, what do you think of my thing this week? Like, that's literally what we're doing here. Yeah. It's, we have not had time to like learn all the lyrics for the album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least I haven't. I haven't watched it five times. So, <laughs> uh, episode four is the only episode I didn't watch twice, actually. When did you watch the other one? I must have not been there. Yeah. I don't know. But I've, I've watched them all twice except for episode four. But that was the one that I wasn't, I didn't feel like I needed to comb through. So you don't have to look for, 7,000 Easter eggs. Yeah. It was just, well, it was very, I don't know, whatever. Is that it? That's what we got? I hope um, hope you all like it more as time goes on. Is I that think a nice thing to say? I think we will, Joey. <laughs> if not, there's only five episodes left, I think, and then we'll get the next thing. So, fine. You got any more notes, Royce? No. Anybody else? No, but I do want to highlight one thing Robin mentioned earlier, that if the next episode is like all sitcom or like a high percentage sitcom, like that's not the right direction to go in. We're going to have to start talking about something else. Yeah. On the podcast. Like they like it's like what Lorelai said. They have to find a balance between like ticking you off and like keeping your intrigue. So I it seems like that's where they're going to go. But like Robin said, like. If the next episode is just the Brady Bunch, like, oh. Yeah, I think it's going to get much more action-packed. It There's going to definitely be sitcom elements, but we're going to get more of S.W.O.R.D. We're going to get more of Vision beginning to uh, understand more and Wanda not being able to come to terms with reality, her reality breaking down and also Vision not wanting to hurt people people or lie to people or whatever is going to happen. I think there's going to be a conflict between Wanda and Vision at some point that might be a little sad. But anyway, we'll see as time goes on. We'll keep watching and we'll keep talking. That's us. Royce, you got stuff you want to say? Is it the end? Have we done it? Are we not doing a final Oh, it's countdown? a secret surprise question time, isn't it? 
It is. I didn't think of one. Does anybody have one? Will I think of one if nobody has one? Does anybody want to vamp? Can I ask you I have a one. question? I have one. You have one? Yeah. Do you want to ask a question, though? Well, I was just going to repeat a tweet I made that I was confused by. Oh, I'm going to really love going into this if it's what I think it is. So, all right, let's do it then. <laughs> why was I, Why did this come up? I forget why. But so you mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Like, there's the scene where Darth Vader says, the ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the force. And like, they're talking about how cool the Death Star is to like blow up Alderaan. And Darth Vader's like, yeah, but like the force is way more powerful than that. And is it? And I tweeted (laughs) this because, you know, somebody would have the answer. And somebody replied to that tweet and said, I think it was uh, Matzenbopper. I could be wrong. Anyway, it's more of a pen is mightier than the sword type of thing rather than a literal planet blowing up, not as cool as the force. But it's just such an odd quote. Like the force has that much gravitas. Does it, Robin? Well, I mean, yeah, you can't take the Death Star everywhere you go. The the (laughs) force is just something you have with you all the time. You can't be like, I'm going to bring my pet Death Star and go out to lunch. In the amazing... Star Wars Rebellion mid-90s game. It takes like a long time if you want to take the Death Star from one planet system to the other. It's literally like, it's going to take a thousand days to get there. So yeah, you're right. Can't go light speed. That's what I'm saying. But then what's the point of the Death Star? Like, the why Death- not just blow shit up if you can, or if like, if you're, if the force is more powerful than just blow shit up. <laughs> why do you need to build a Death Star in the first place? I, anyway. The Death Star, first of all, to answer your question, Lorelai, the Death Star was created as more of a fear, mm. rule by fear thing. Well, all Vader would have to do is go out and blow one planet up with the Force, and then the fear would exist. Well, I'm going to get to that. Now I can answer Royce's question that I've been thinking about nonstop <laughs> since he tweeted it, but I didn't want to put all of what I'm about to say in a tweet. So buckle up, hit the little lap <laughs> button on your timer, because it's going to take a while. Okay. Uh so I'm uh, I'm more with Martin's Matsenbopper, who whoever said that it's more of a pen is mightier than the sword thing. But Vader did not want the Death Star to be built. He hated the idea of the Death Star. He wanted him and the Emperor to rule the galaxy using the Force through fear, and that's what Vader means. It's not really a, it's more powerful than the Death Star. Like, maybe you can't blow up a planet with the Force, but the idea, the idea and the feeling and the ability of the Force as a tool is more powerful than the Death Star. That's part one of my answer. Part two (laughs) is if you read the stuff from the High Republic, the way the Jedi are able to use the Force during the High Republic is extremely powerful, much more so than we've seen in present canon, maybe excluding, well, it's not canon, but maybe excluding the Force Unleashed, where you, like, rip a Star Destroyer out of the sky. (laughs) But the things that the Jedi are able to do because they have a much stronger connection to the Force during the High Republic is very powerful and very incredible. And the galaxy sees it, and I think that's what Vader means. Like, you have the power to be more powerful than the Death Star. 
Not, maybe not physically. Very poetic. What a great question. I love it. Hey, anyone listening, if you have more answers or if you would like to discuss this, boy, I sure would like to discuss it more. Uh, Reach out to us. Woo. All right. This was a nice little type 15 podcast. We did it. Short and sweet. So if you enjoyed this podcast, like Joe said, tweet us. Well, tweet at Joe. I don't have the password. (laughs) So (laughs) you're going to tweet at Joe. At Krypton Alderon, and he would love to hear from you. I'm pretty sure it would make his day. So if you're listening, tweet, very lonely. Tweet Can at him. It would make his day. Troll him. It would just be real swell. And if you like the podcast, of course, leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever, Wandaville, whoever's making a new podcast host system these days. You could also write us an email if. 140 characters or 240 characters is not enough. Krypton to Alderon at gmail.com. I also do not have the password to that. You'll be speaking to my manager, Joey. 240 characters. What is this? Avengers Endgame? Oh. High five. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode where we continue to complain about WandaVision. I've been Royce. I've been Robin. I've been Lorelai. I've been Vision. And we've been... (laughs) Krypton!